In November 2019, I met John Mann at the Island Magic meeting at the Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit in Southern Victoria. John has a long and illustrious career in motorsport, so it was great to have an opportunity to have a chat. John, you've been racing for a long time. What did you start out in? I started, I built my first open wheeler when I was about going on 18 and um, designed it and built it. Looked like an old Cooper way back then. And um, then I went to FJ Holden, FX Holdens, which we raced successfully. We had probably had the fastest FX Holden in Australia. And we still hold the record at Calder Motor Raceway in my FX. Then we sort of went from there to a, what they call the six-cylinder series and we raced a Falcon and that was very successful. Then Ford Motor Company gave me a new Cortina and I raced that for a number of years. It was a Cortina which was under shell, shell racing colours and sponsored by Colpage Ford. And Howard Marsden from, um, uh, from Ford Motor Company was giving me all the free engines, 250 engines, which we, uh, was good. Then they gave me another car, another spare car, which we sold and become... Um, later on we put the Repco Formula 5000 motor in the Cortina. Um, my other car was sold a bloke called Pat Creer and uh, he had a V8 in that too, which he raced. A Formula 5000 motor and a Cortina would be, to say the least, quite a handful? Yes, it was a sports sedan car. It was a very quick car and we are always behind Bob Jane and uh, all the other cars, Pete Gagan and all that. You know, it was, we raced successfully against them and we were sort of in, the, something happened to the first four cars. We were always second or third or fourth, something like that. But it was always there and Shell was my major sponsor and Cole Page Ford and... He also sponsored me at Bathurst, Cole Page. Uh, we raced a Falcon in 1979. We were first Ford home, first Falcon home. And I raced a Camaro there with Brian Thompson in the Chev Camaro. We're about uh, about an hour to go. We we're about eighth outright, and the diff blew up on the darn thing. You know, and it can have its tragedies, can't yeah. it? Well, the first one we went up there was an Alpha. I drove the Alpha to Bathurst to run the motor in. We took the number plates off and raced it. That was a long time ago. Yeah. There's a sort of a, a, a country race meeting feeling about this event, isn't there? That there, some cars are driven here. It relives some of that earlier sort of character about cars. Yes. How do you find the circuit? It, it's a flowing circuit. Well, I came down here to this circuit when I was 16 years of age. I was working on the MV Augusta motorbike and also the 7R motorbike. And Fred was out on the 7R racing. I had the little MV Gusted, I was warming it up, changed the spark plug over, and he was out winning the 125 championships, and the spark plug lead, lead fell off. He chased me through the pits with a shifting wrench, threw it at me about 10 times. I finally got out on the highway, hitchhiked back to Melbourne, stayed at the Salvation People's Palace, and uh, I finally got, like six months later, I got my mother's brownie box camera back, which I presented the Lindsay Fox Museum over there with all the motorbike photos from that meeting. And I was 16, and Jackie Finlay was here with us from Marupin near Shepparton, where I lived at Shepparton in those days. Jackie Finlay was here, and he went overseas and won the World Championship. We just put a statue of Jackie Finlay up in Marupin, where he used to live. Yeah. It's a very passionate, if not tough, sort of environment, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, all those years I've been here, the motorbike guys were outrageous when they were here. I remember we went to the Isle of Wight Hotel here one year, and they staged a fight in the bar, and while the fight was going, they pinched the lounge suite out of the out of the hotel and brought it back here and sat around the fire on it. Then when the fire burnt down, they set it alight. So that was they were crazy motorbike riders, you know. But I was witnessed all that when I was only about going on 16. Was that the most joyous time of your motor racing? 
Oh no, I think joyous motor racing. Like I drove a Bathurst uh, four times in the main race, and uh, I drove an Alpha. I drove a Jim Keogh in a Falcon, Murray Carter in a Ford Sierra, and Brian Thompson in a Camaro. Mm. So they were great at Bathurst, but driving the old Mustang was like an old shoe. We could just go out motor racing, win races, and go home, you know. But and these days you've got to, all these young blokes are out there and you've got to try and keep with them. And I'm a year old being 80 and I sort of, <laughs> I, I, I just say, what are you blokes doing? Let me pass, you know. You don't look 80. Yeah, well, I'll give you 100 for that. <laughs> but we used to come to Phillip Island when I used to race to Cortina's, the Repco Formula 5000. We used to land a plane just out the back of here and fly up. We'd go up to the tower up there. That was that was a runway. We could go a short, come over that Honda corner and land a plane here. Yeah, it was amazing. They were great times. Oh, they were fantastic times. Now, all the good circuits, we have most of most, race of most of the circuits. And, um, it's uh, been, motor racing has been part of my blood. I was in the motor business. I had a Jaguar Rover dealership and Land Rover dealership and prestige cars, of course. And um, the fabulous car I had was a 1927 Rolls Royce. If you go to Monaco, you'll see my Rolls Royce in uh, Prince Rainier Stable at uh, Monaco. It, uh, I sold the car to Piaget and uh, he gave it to uh, Prince Rainier as a gift. So I was sitting in the museum and when the door, when the glass doors goes up, it's the first car you see. And I restored that old car. I can send you photos if you want to see them. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I, I interviewed uh, David Berthon the other day with his 1913 yeah. rolls that he's spent an inordinate amount of time bringing back together and when we did a lap of Eastern Creek it was it was lovely. Well I had a collection of cars, I had Jaguars, I had Bob Jane in 1964 bought three brand new 3.8 Jaguars in, they were 9 to 1 pistons and close ratio gearboxes and I sat on the step of a house in Shepparton waiting for old Tom Popston to come home in it when he bought it brand new. Years later I got it and I restored the car, I had a Mark V, I had a Mark V convertible I had a Mercedes-Benz 220 Cabriolet. I had a oh, GT Falcons and whatever you, XRs. And I was at the Ford dealership in Shepparton where we had all the Falcons. When they first came out, I had 10 gold XR GT Falcons in stock. Now, you're about 5 foot 10 or more of solid build. Were you always that way? And all the years ago, my nickname was Fatty Man, and I was about 115 kilos. And then I got cancer and I went back to 64 kilos. And um, I had no hair, and I was fed by a feeding tube for nine months. And um, it's still driving me crazy. I can't taste food ever again. And I've got to drink water all the time and I'm chewing gum to get some, try and get a bit of saliva. And, but, you know, it's other uh, people are worse off than me. It's never lost your passion for racing? Well, yes, because I didn't think I'd be racing again. They told me to go home and get my affairs in order. I sold both my Mustangs. My other Mustang, the 64, we won over 440 races in it. It's probably one of the famous cars around. And um, it's a big write-up if you read um, Unique Car Magazine. Mm. Or type in on your computer, Unique Car Magazine, you'll see an old write-up on me when I was uh, younger, mm. right through to now. But you're back, if you pardon the expression, firing on all cylinders? Uh, we are, but we're not quick enough at the moment. We're about two and a half, three seconds slower than we were last meeting down here. What do you put that down to? Oh, we had trouble with the differential, so we're going to fix that. We haven't got time to fix it today. Mm. So we just put up with what we've got, you know. You've got quite a set-up here, uh, an enclosed trailer and that. Is that all part of uh, feeling comfortable in an event like this? Yeah, well, I did all this myself, all the shelving and aluminium and all the front and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I like doing all that. and I like building things myself still, and that's a bit of a passion of mine. And, mm. and when we got sick, we lived in the same house in, Mantle, in, in South Yarra, 
We were there for 34 years. But when I got sick, we sold it to the Chinese. We moved down to Mount Eliza. And we've got an acre of land down there with tennis courts and all that other stuff and a lot of big gardens and we love it down there, yes. Okay. Got away so, from the rat race. Uh, I was very, very lucky in a lot of stages. I, I was guest speaker a few months ago at a couple of functions and I was very lucky that Barry Sheen was one of my buddies and I met Barry Sheen in London. I was over there with Alan Jones a year before he won the World Championship and Jones said, let's go down to Donington and watch this Barry Sheen ride. So we went to Donington and I met Barry. It's my birthday in London and Barry came back to my birthday party. And ever since then, he was a good mate of mine, and he was a mate. Spoke to him just every week before he died, and and it was so sad because he wouldn't have Western medicine, he wouldn't have a bar of it. He got a guru out from America, fed him all this garbage, in my opinion. And well, Bob Jane didn't want me to have Western medicine either. Uh, but Barry was my dear friend, and I miss him. He's quite funny, Barry. He, he, I got this letter. I'm sending off to the motorcycle club. He goes, the Honourable Barry Sheen he used to call me Manny. He said, Manny, I've got some 18th-century furniture to sell. He said, is that dumb up in Queensland? They think centuries of battery. <laughs> they were great characters, weren't they? They, oh. they? they weren't just mechanically trained in no. media presentation. They had their own verve about them. I know, and quite incredible, because and a friend of mine used to run the Ram racing team in England, uh, McDonald, and um, he read it at Cockney. And he had that Rupert Keegan, where his father owned Smuggler's Whiskey. And his father used to give him two or three million dollars to get him out of his hair and go motor racing. And he couldn't even qualify after time in the set time at the Grand Prix. And I was absolutely down in a little town called Speyer in Germany. And uh, an old man, Tyrrell, I was sitting next to. He's turned around and, uh, and on the other side, Rupert, Rupert's sitting there and... McDonald gets up and he says, you, you're a total, total wanker, you couldn't even drive, and he's given it to him. Old man Cheryl says, that's a bit rough, isn't it, you know? And next day, was about two seconds left faster. Huh? He, got, he got a bike, but he didn't even qualify. Amazing, yeah. It's not just talent, it's, there are yeah. other factors into it, but, but there is a love of the sport, I think. Yeah, a love for the sport. There's a lot of people that love what they do, and I'm, I'm one of those people, I still love motorsport, and mm. a lot of blokes I go, I've got young James Davis and racing Indy this year. I speak to James regularly, he's, um, he's a nice, good boy, mm. and you know, a lot of boys in the V8s, I've probably nursed about eight of them as babies, you know. And uh, it's amazing. And see them all around. Well, Lounsey's father was our pit manager in Bathurst in 1984. And um, you sort of go back through and you see all the boys. And it's so nice to see. I remember taking young James Moffat to Bathurst when he was 11 to see his father race. Because I was flying up in a plane and I took him up to see Alan race. You must have watched motor racing evolve enormously over the years. Oh, look, it's incredible. Formula One and everything else. And a friend of mine was in Formula One, Herbie Blash. He retired after 750 Grand Prix. And you've probably seen Herbie race around a little fat bloke who was racing around after they finished all the drivers. He just retired. 750 Grand Prix he attended. Incredible. And like, you know, and he said, when they, one stage of the game when the cars were all being changed, I said, look, Herbie, where do you see this going? He said, John, unless you're a rocket science, you can't work these cars out. And I'll never get him saying that. And now it's the, the technical side of things is just ginormous. I interviewed the guy with the Citroen traction event, and it was lovely to see an engine that you could actually work on. Yes. Yeah. I used to break down the side of the road, and I remember I had a Morris Major. We broke down the side of the road, and we did a piston. So I went in the boot, got a spare piston out, took the sump off, put, took the head off, put a piston in and drove home again. 
the bloke in the service station couldn't believe it. <laughs> and the youth of the day just doesn't understand that. <laughs> they would not know what that is, half of them. <laughs> John, that's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.